Hi, I'm Associate Pastor Ryan French, and we're so glad you're listening to the Apostolic Tabernacle Church podcast. We hope this teaching and preaching resource is a blessing. We'd love to pray for you. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, you can do so by visiting our website, www.aptabupc.com. Just click the prayer request tab in the menu. You can also support this ministry with an offering at the website as well, or by texting the word GIVE to 678-846-6522. Again, that's 678-846-6522. If you live in the Atlanta area, we'd be honored to see you in one of our services. We'll invite you right into our church family and make you feel right at home. Behoove us to stand, if you would. We're going to get ready for the word. <clears throat> and I, I know that there's all kinds of uh, folks are listening online. They have to. But you're here. have a great crowd here today. And uh, there's a lot of sickness. Um, and yet the Lord is good to us. And uh, I, I, I love that song because he, he took me through the fire way back there. But he can do it again. Hallelujah. He's the same God. If you have your Bibles, grab them. We're going to uh, get right into the word of the Lord. And uh, we know that God is in charge. His word to each of us here today is God is great. And he is awesome. And so we magnify his wonderful name. I'd be remiss not to thank you first for the uh, kindnesses on my I had a one-month birthday, all month long, just a one-month birthday. And I was totally shocked after I was almost 66. I turned 65, and I was nearly 66. They were still, I mean, I even got a card this week. I mean, I got a card the size of this pulpit just this week. Not not exactly the size, but you know what I mean, a pretty good size. And, uh, and so... Uh, also got that little last week you brought in the big old box and it had a a dock in the middle of it a little miniature that brother Myers had built and and already that dock is in place it's in there I mean it it, I was uh, I assumed we'd live there and go to see Jesus and never have a dock and I can catch them huge right right in the grass there don't have to have a dock but but I do thank the Lord for it and it does touch my heart and I thank you all of you for it I do and uh, I don't have to remind you that uh, these have been a extraordinary extraordinarily challenging months not just because of COVID-19 but many of you have been facing battles I have saints right now that I'm uh, believing God for I've in the hospital people that I I can go I can pound on the hospital door and they won't let me in see that's the cult that's the world that we're in right now so I can say these are my saints I want in here but <laughs> they don't they don't uh, they don't have a, any kind of a rule that gets me past the front door and Satan's always anticipated in hardships that these kinds of difficulties uh, will cause us to forget to praise God they get in the way of our praise and and uh, we'll forget about the, the real blessings that have come. Anybody been really blessed in your life? Things nobody knows about, but it's just you and the Lord. And so the devil thinks that he's going to uh, stand in the way of your praise, that, that you will forsake thanksgiving. 
the giving of thanks. You will forsake your praise. In the in the in the New Testament, the word for uh, forsake means to leave behind, to 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 just walk away. Someone forsakes it; they just walk away from it. And I want to talk to you. I feel the Holy Ghost leading me to, uh, and and we're going to pray here in just a moment. But I felt to preach on the this eve of Thanksgiving about not forsaking your praise. In fact, Exalt on Tuesday is uh, our worship fest. That's designed to remember, to give thanks, to, to get us, our families together. Folks that would never come to a service like this would come to a, a, a gospel fest like that because it's going to be extraordinary. And so it's designed to, for us to give thanks. Every singer, every choir, in the midst of the uncertainty, we still give our thanks to God. Put your hands together and say, I still give my praise to the Lord. So let's, let's lift our voices in prayer before we're seated. Heavenly Father, right now we lift our voices for God's anointing upon the word. Father, bless the word today to each and every heart. Thy kingdom come. Speak to us about our hearts at this important season. And we give you praise for it in the name above every name. The name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And you may be seated. God bless you today. My title today for this message is Remember Thanksgiving. Remember Thanksgiving. I'm reading from Luke chapter 17. I'm going to read beginning in verse 11. And for four verses here, these are what I call very matter-of-fact verses. So turn in your Bibles and, uh, and uh, let's look. <clears throat> I, have a, I have a slight cough and so... I'm, I'm, I have a little bit of a, a throat problem. So uh, just bear with me because I feel very strong the Lord would have us to consider this on Thanksgiving. Luke 17 and verse 11 is where we will begin. Uh, they can, uh, there it is, they put it up for us. And so we have these first, uh, let's think of them as, I don't want to take away from these verses, but they, you would think these, this would be worded very differently because uh, the fact of the matter is the miracle that's described in these four verses are secondary. There's something else going on. Jesus is really trying to point to something else. The focus is on their response to this miracle. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem. And let's go on to verse 12. I'm going to go quickly here. He entered into a certain village. In other words, the name is not important. This is just sort of matter of fact. There was a village. He went there, and they met 10 men. And these men were lepers. Now we're starting to see, oh, wow, this is interesting. And they stood afar off. Of course, that's what the law required of them. Verse 13. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And so it was. Now let's go to verse 14. He says to them, go show yourselves unto the priest. That's very, I mean, you, you couldn't strip a miracle down more than we've done here. Go and show yourself unto the priest. And they, and, and then this is what we have to understand. They went and they did it and it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. Put your hands together and say, we serve a miracle working God. 
Now, those verses are very, very matter of fact. Now we come uh, to the, the following verses, the verses that are the response of these lepers in verse 15. The Bible says, and one of them, everybody say only one, one of them when he saw that he was healed, turned back. I feel a holy unction of the Lord here today, reminding us that the season about which we are celebrating and for which we celebrate reminds us of the miracle that we are about to, to, to take note of here this morning. So one of them, when he saw that he was healed, is anybody feeling the Holy Ghost here this morning? When he saw that he was healed, hallelujah. Somebody today needs, hey, the devil's been after you. You need to say, devil, get behind me and take authority over it. Praise God. He turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God. Now notice Jesus speaks only of the dereliction of thanks. This is what he focuses upon. The dereliction or the forsaking or the almost incomprehensible non-appreciation for one of the greatest miracles that you could even imagine. And that's what Jesus speaks to, the dereliction of thanks of the other nine. The one, verse 16, look at verse 16. So I'm only going to read another verse. So, so the one, the Bible says, fell down on his face at his feet. That's a wonderful description of appreciation for the Lord. You know, I, I, I get amazed because I don't lift my hands when I worship. <laughs> you know, and I'm not making fun of people. I know as a matter of course, there are denominational Christians who go to church, they sit there and someone speaks to them, they walk out. I, I understand that. I don't believe in that. I don't believe that church is where you just go sit like you were <laughs> well, you know what I mean. You, you go in and, and, and so they, they will tell me, I've, I hear it almost, I hear it a lot. People will say to me, Pastor, you know, your folks, I, I, your churches, I love that. I, oh man, I love, but we don't lift our hands like that. See, I don't lift my hands when I'm praising God or whatever. I, I just, and then people will tell me they do it in their heart or something like that. And their holiness is in their heart. And I said, well, it, it's got to be somewhere because I can't see it. I can tell you that right now. But anyway, so uh, the, the idea was that th this one, one of ten, uh, fell down on his face at the feet of Jesus. And yet we, we can't lift a, a single finger like that. You know what that tells me? You've never been there. If you've been to the feet of Jesus, you would fall on your face before him. Hallelujah. Giving him. He fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Put your hands together and say, this is for you, Jesus. I came to give you praise. I came to magnify God. I need a miracle and I'm not asking. It's not a trade. I'm praising you because you are worthy of it. 
This is exactly what one would expect of someone receiving such a miracle. Now I know we live in extraordinary times. People are doing things that blow my mind. Leaving children alone, walking off, forsaking things that are of great value and importance. They are living lives. They're destroying their own bodies with their own drugs. And then they pay for those drugs. Literally rotting the teeth out of their head. So massive of a, uh, of a, of a problem do we have. And, and that's just one. I'm just, if I begin listing all the reasons, let me tell you, my friend, we, we need a miracle in America. And God is the miracle worker. Hallelujah. And when you trust him, everything changes. That's exactly what you would expect someone to do. Fall at the feet of the miracle worker. Now, if you weren't there, you could say, I don't believe that. See, people say, I don't believe that. And, and that bothers some people. You know, oh, you don't believe it. How dare you not believe it? I said it, whatever. And, uh, but you know, you got to get over that because uh, people may not, they may or may not believe what you're saying, but it's a very different thing. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. I was preaching in Ethiopia some years ago, and there was literally at the conference, they had one million people at the conference. One million people. Oh, I can hardly preach this. And the Holy Ghost began to move, and they brought people to that altar that were bound in robes they had never walked in their lives. They had never walked before. I feel like the Lord is giving us a victory today against the very forces of hell that says it cannot be done, but it can be done. It can be done. And they brought this one man up that his hands, his hands, I'm, I, Lord, forgive me, I'm on being videoed and I, I hate to do this, but his hands were completely bent backwards and his legs were, I can't even describe what he was like. This is on film, by the way, if you want to. I don't know exactly how to get a hold of it, but it's out there because I have seen it since I was there. And this man, had, was the, I said, why have they tied him like this? I was aghast. I mean, I was absolutely out of my mind aghast. And they said it's because he would break every bone in his body if we didn't tie him. There's no doctors, there's nobody. Of course, that's one of the poorest of the poor nations of the world. And, and I watched as that man, the Holy Ghost began to move on him. Now, it's hard to see with a million people, let me tell you. And as they begin to push back and, and, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost. Does anybody know when, it, when it's the Holy Ghost, you can tell that's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, somebody ought to be praising God this morning. When it's the Holy Ghost, you know it's the Holy Ghost. And he began to like push, push, and, and, and he began to, and, and of course, speaking Coptic. And so he, he was telling them, I want out, I want out, I want out. 
I want out of this. Get me out of here. They said, we can't cut the ropes. You've been in these ropes for 30 years. It would kill you if we cut these ropes. He said, cut these ropes off of me. Of course, I'm saying it. I, I only know he said that because they told me that's what he said. Get them off of me. And then they come, someone came and they were like scared almost. And, and they snipped that first little rope and, and it kind of let loose because they were tied pretty tight around us uh, all over the place. And, and when he did, his hand, his arm sort of plopped out. And, and when it came out, it was all twisted like this. And it just started going exactly like this until his hand was as straight as mine. His, he got out. He began to walk. Oh, I want to tell you, devil, you're a liar. I don't have to be healed every day, but I've got a God that can do anything. He's a miracle worker. And I'm at his feet today thanking him for all that he has done to be healed from one of the most dreaded diseases ever known to man oh Lord I don't want to preach that I don't want to preach it I don't want to tell you how horrific leprosy is I don't want to tell you how fearful people would be to even touch, in fact, under Jewish law, you couldn't touch someone that had leprosy. You couldn't even touch them. You couldn't touch them. The great fear of contracting leprosy, although that's not how one is infected by it, but they were absolutely terrified. And the things it would do, if I begin to name it, it's almost unspeakable for me to bring it up in public. To be healed of one of the most severe maladies of the world. Ten of them in groups. They, they had to get together. And all of a sudden they look around. And they are as whole as a newborn baby. Praise God. Now let me read one more, only one more verse, verse 17. Everybody say 1717. That's where we are. We're at 1717. And Jesus answering said, so he's come, he's at the feet of the Lord and he's down there giving thanks as you would expect. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten? Oh, Jesus. Were there not ten cleansed? See, all that happened after they walked away. See, it's not walking away that's the problem. It's never returning. See, the walking away, we, we come to understand. He had told them, go to the priest. That's a good ways off from here. Go to the priest. And he says, were there not 10 that were cleansed? Were you there? Did you see them cleansed? Yes. Yes, master. I saw them. They were completely healed. All of them were healed. There were 10 that were cleansed, but Jesus said, where are the nine? 
Where are the nine? This, my friend, is the question we must never leave unanswered. We must never let a turkey on a table take the place of answering this question. Where are the nine? It meant, of course, they should be here. They should be praising God. They should be in the house of God. You'd be surprised how many excuses people give for not coming into the presence of the Lord. The Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Oh, let me tell you. Now, there are people that sit in an apostolic service where the Holy Ghost is moving. And they distract their mind from hearing or feeling the conviction. And I, I always think, and I'm, I'm not surprised by it. I'm just, I'm just telling you. But I want to tell you something. You will never, it is not possible for a human being to get away from the presence of God. It's not possible. Now you may say, well, I'm going to drink myself to death. I came from folks where I know what it's like when the whole goal in life is to see how many nights you can be stone drunk. All that's just running from God. Just running from God. Young people today. You know, I know young people have cause. They look at the world. They feel like the world's a mess. So they just go basically, they either become criminals or they become whatever. They just, they get all caught up in whatever it is they think is the answer. But let me tell you, my friend, you can run to all of those things and they will never satisfy the human heart. It's not possible for it to satisfy. But I'm telling you, there is a God. There is a God. Hallelujah. There is a God. And he's real. And he's working. We're praying. And God is working. So where are the nine? Well, they're not here. That's the point. It's not like they were busy. It's not like they forgot because we know that's not true. You don't forget the greatest thing that ever happened to you. You don't forget that. So they, they forsook all that is decent to man. They forsook it. It's like when a young person takes a gun and here's an elder uh, lady on the street corner. Happened just this week right here in our, in our city. An elder woman. They, uh, uh, I mean, I, if I even begin this process, I can't stop because and 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 they think that they are uh, they're tough and that they're really doing something. But the fact of the matter is, their their soul is just so darkened by evil. This is what Jesus was trying to get us to see. He wants us to see that what we have today, what God has done for us. Don't you ever say to yourself, well, I wish I could do what, that, what they're doing out there in the world. You need to be saying every day, thank God. <laughs> thank God I've been delivered, praise the Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. But, but for these men to not return, to forsake the very one that delivered them, it is mind-boggling. All that is decent in the human heart, they had lost it. And they could not give thanks for the very thing they received, a miracle, a cleansing, a deliverance from the death sentence of leprosy. They couldn't even give praise for it. It was as though they thought, well, I'm healed. That's all that matters. And that is the worst of all possible conclusions. I'm healed. I got a dollar bill in my hand. I've got everything I need now. Oh, my goodness. Is anybody feeling the Holy Ghost that's here? <laughs> Can I see it right here, right now? Some of you are going to say no, so I won't look up. All right. All right. I want to say it here on Thanksgiving. Can we do better as the church than this thankless world of carnal partiers that we see all about us? Can the church do better than that? Young people, I'm proud of you. I've seen uh, several of our young people in the past days in different settings, and, and I'm so proud of them for being different, being different from this world, standing out. <clears throat> we who have watched the chains fall from our lives, you say, but Brother French, they're not perfect, or they didn't cross the T over there, and they left a dot off of that I over there. I know it. I know it. I know it. Some people, they can't go to bed at night at the T. They don't cross that T on that. They got to cross that T. But I want to tell you, we can give God thanks because he is truly worthy. We can, we, we would rather praise God than eat our lunch this afternoon. I was wondering what kind of response I was going to get with that. Hey, I, 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 we always have a big Sunday deal. And some, every once in a while we have, uh, you know, like we don't have a big Sunday deal. Every, just very seldom. But Sundays are a day that we, if we don't have guests, then we, we make it a family thing. And I mean, we, we do all kinds of stuff. But I want to tell you something. When we come into the house of God, now, so, so, hey, I'm not asking anybody to give up anything. If you're going to McDonald's, welcome to it. I'm not asking you to give, <laughs> and I'm not asking you to tell me what you're eating either, unless you're inviting me there. But, uh, no, no, no. But I don't, I have no intention of giving up my, my lunch, I make plans for family or, or if it's a guest or if it's you or whatever it is, then we make plans and then we enjoy that. That's what we do. But I want to tell you something. We, we don't sit in church and say, oh man, I can't wait till we get. No, no, no. Because there's nothing like the God. There's nothing like the God that set me free. Oh, hallelujah. He set me free. Woo! 
Oh, hallelujah. Brother, pray. How? How far? Brother and sister, pray. We're at a, uh, uh, an Azusa Riders meeting last week, and they had to drive there. How far did you go? How many miles? Let's talk to them, because they, I don't think they believe us. Um, how far would you say? Was it 30 miles, 10 miles, 150 miles? 150 miles. Round trip or just going there? One way. Then they had to turn around and come back. And then somebody, I, I don't know the whole story. I haven't really heard the whole story. So every detail. So I'm going to make it up. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, they, the, so someone caused them to have a motorcycle accident. You ride together or were you in two separate? They were together riding from church on their motorcycle. And the devil thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a havoc right here. And the Holy Ghost said, you watch. Devil, you try to lay a finger on my saints. And when that, they came in there, that ought to, that ought to taken their lives. And it took them, listen, 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 listen. I don't ride a motorcycle, okay? I'm too tall. I'm just one of these tall, I'm way too tall for riding a motorcycle. But so it, when that happened, it, uh, can I, can, Shake your head yes or no, because I'm not sure. It pretty well messed the motorcycle to, uh, up. It's totaled. Now, how many know that when you're totaled in a car, you got a little more to work with? When you're totaled on a motorcycle, is this your brand new one you're talking about? Yeah, they haven't made a <laughs> We're learning a lot here. Um, they, they haven't even got the first payment out. They just got this. That's why they were going to try to help other, another church along with this ministry. And, and here it comes, the devil. Oh, I want to tell you, I, I really feel the power of the Holy Spirit right now. Some of you have wondered what's going to happen. And I'm going to tell you, no matter what it is, does anybody knows that no matter what happens, God is in charge. No matter what happens, God knows exactly what he's doing. He's already got it taken care of. Now, I don't have a picture of it. I'm going to describe it my way. So the, the motorcycle is, uh, what's the word? Uh, not demolished, but totaled. The motorcycle is totaled, and they're on it. Do you have a, a, a bruise, a cut, a scrape, a, not a bruise? Now, come on. I, no, no. Don't say it just for me. Don't say it just for me. Don't say it just for me. Do you have a cut, either one of you? Do you have a, uh, 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 <laughs> and, the, and the handlebars went right up like this, and the wheel went right up over the top of them, and you know what it did? It kept them safe on the motorcycle as it slid out of the way. And God said, I've done it again for my children. I've done it again for my children. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So for all you nail clippers, that all you got time for is one little rush with church and you walk in and you're out and, and your whole life is consumed with something else, like a television or something else, and that's what your life is, I am telling you right now, there is a God that is greater than anything this world has to offer, and he is in this very place right now. Hallelujah. Clap your hands one more time. We have something to praise God for and to give him thanks for his excellent 
greatness. So, okay. So verse 16 says, the one, the one, not the nine, but the one gave Jesus thanks, which is in the, in the Greek is a, actually a verb. So it's not I, like I gave you my Bible. Well, that's a noun. That's a verb and a noun. I gave you my Bible. But some verbs have the noun in the verb. To give thanks. That's, a, that's Eucharisto in the Greek. It means I, I am going to have my thanks offered unto God. That's what it is. I thank you, Jesus. Well, I feel, the, I feel like we ought to just lift our hands right now and, and let's say, I'm, Lord, I'm offering my thanks to you. Come on, folks. We don't have a long time. We, this is it right here. Father, we're getting ready for exalt and we're praising you and magnifying you. I thank you, Jesus. And I give you praise. But this, this verb is what the, the Greeks call, well, we have them in English, but it's called a participle. And, you, and there's, I love the Greek language, and I love teaching the Greek language because there are so many aspects of Greek that, that uh, I, 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 could, uh, I, I could wax eloquent about the Greek language, but I, that's, that's not important. But they, they could do with a verb what we don't do in English. You know, we, we, we have an entirely different way of structuring the English language. But the participle had, uh, there were so many things about it that would allow you to express exactly what you meant by give thanks. And so since it was a present tense participle, we then know that that has to be used in a particular way and that it could end up meaning the manner in which everybody say the manner in which everybody say the manner I can't think of another word but that's that's a that's the only word I can think of the manner of the thanksgiving and the only way to express this verb in English as a manner participle of manner is to say they gave it Thankfully, it, it, the manner in which you give it. For example, I'm preaching a Thanksgiving thought. I'm thinking about Pentecostals being thankful or not being thankful. And the manner in which I'm doing it is a little, <laughs> well, we don't want to talk about it. We know that I'm being very uh, I'm not being very stuffy. I'm not being very concerned about what somebody thinks about it. One guy said to me one time, because I believed in the oneness of God, he said, well, your, your Greek is a, little, is a little lacking. I said, oh, well, is that supposed to hurt my feelings? Let me try. How many years of Greek do you have? Have you studied Greek? Oh, a year and a half. I said, well, why would you even talk about it if you've only had a year and a half? I said, how do you feel now? See, that you, you were offering an insult which had no bearing whatsoever on anything. I said, because I've had eight years and a degree in Greek at Wheaton College where Billy Graham graduated from. It's not about the Greek, my friend. 
You can say all day long, I'm going to challenge you because you're getting a little noisy up there. But I can tell you, I've been to the water and I've been baptized. I felt the touch of the Holy Ghost. I was there when it happened. Okay, <laughs> I was turning myself off. Sorry about that. Hallelujah. Was anybody there when the Holy Ghost fell? Does anybody remember the, remember the altar when God did the mighty things that he said he would do? Could you just lift your hands right now in your hearts and say, Father, I don't want to forget it. I want to remember, thankfully, all that you have done. The power, church, is not in the miracle alone, but in the ability to return with thanks. Someone said, well, I'll, I'll get what miracles I can on TV and I'll forget the rest. It doesn't work that way. It isn't just a one-way flow. You see, when he reaches, and he does, See, some people get the, all confused because God does things for people that I was talking to a, I don't want to say that, I don't, I, don't, I don't want anybody thinking I'm slurring someone. I was talking to a non-Christian, non-Christian. And they said to me, Reverend, I don't believe in Christ, but I want to tell you, I think I feel him right now. You talking like that, I think I feel him. I was in a room full of, uh, I'm not going to say, non-Christians. I was asked to go to this college and speak about how I got the Holy Ghost and how my son was healed of cancer. I was asked to speak to about, uh, I, I forget, I, I think it was 30, let's say 30. 30 of these folks, they're non-Christians. And I, they, the, the professor said, they don't like Christians. They're going to they're gonna be very rude to you. And so I said, I don't care. If they want to know how I got the Holy Ghost, they can be as rude as they want. And I'm going to tell them all about it. So I walked up to the podium and I said, here I am. I'm a kooky Pentecostal preacher with a Ph.D. And I want you to know that I speak in tongues every day. And it's more than a language to me. My boy had cancer and God touched him with the Holy Ghost and the miracle happened. And I said, the doctor's right over here in Chicago. If you want to have this, how it worked and what took place, talk to the doctor or you could talk to me. And the, the guy in the back, the, the ringleader, I called him the ringleader. He was the head of the little group and they were all one faith. It wasn't Christian. And he lifted his hand like this and he said, can I ask you a question? And I said, no. I'm going to tell you what your question is. I don't know. I've never done that before in my life. I thought, well, what is wrong with me? And he was a big, tough guy. And he looked at me like when I said, no, you can't ask the question. I'm going to tell you what your question is. And he said, what is my question? And I said, you want to ask me Will I speak in tongues for you? 
I mean, you never saw, I never saw a person. I mean, that's, every once in a while it pops into my head. That guy looked like I had fried his turkey for Thanksgiving in that college classroom. And they were all looking at him because he was the boss. And he said, how did you know it? I said, it wasn't miraculous. But I have been in so many settings where people will say, well, speak in tongues for me. And I said, the answer is yes, I can. But I never would dare. Because then that would be making a mockery of something that is more powerful than anything in this world. I said, I would rather you see it. I said, if you keep asking questions like that, I'm going to be talking in tongues, all right, but it's not going to be for you. I feel the Holy Ghost, and a girl got the Holy Ghost in that classroom. She came back. That's a long story. What I'm trying to tell you is there's a power that is greater than any human force or ability. I want the musicians to come. So do not be among the nine, my friend, who astoundingly could not praise him. The grip of sin so great that it holds people in their chains. How many have been blessed helped and loved only to be led astray because of their pain or their personal issues which stops them from coming back and praising God. Someone said, Brother French, I want to be there, but you don't know what I'm going through. Yes, I understand. They forsake the very thing they should be thankful for. God has done a work. Now, I can tell you the, the meeting I just described, I know where that young lady is that got the whole, I know where she is. That's been a good while. Sister French would know. Uh, I, I had to stop telling it because I couldn't remember details. But um, I know where she's at. When God gets through with us, walking away from the Lord and the healer for trinkets, that are just temporary and unfulfilling. One lady said, I've got to, I've got to have that, that, that guy. I'm in love with him. I said, you may be, but it's going to destroy your ability to get back to God. You cannot allow anything between you and God. And if you see her today, she hasn't been in an altar in years, maybe a lifetime. She's not been in an altar longer than some of you have been alive. But yet she thought she would. She said, I will, Pastor, I will. I'll make it back somehow. She's broken today, and she has forsaken her Lord. So listen to me. It's hard for me to say, but... I want you to hear me. I want you to believe that I mean it from the depth of my heart. Forsaken people. People who hurt because someone has forsaken them or hurt them. They become forsakers. They end up forsaking 
and being a forsaker just like those that have hurt them. And so they hurt others and they hurt themselves. Jesus says, it's time to break the chains. Hallelujah. Does anybody feel the Holy Ghost here right now? Let's stand together. It's time to break the chains, the never-ending sequence of forsaking our essential thanksgiving for all that God has done. Excuses fail. I don't want to hear about why you can't go back and, 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 and all of the rest. No, you've been healed of leprosy. Remember, you had leprosy. You were a sinner. And so it is. We are the one. We're the oneness, folks. We're the one who loves to praise him because of what he's done. Now, no matter where you are, it makes no difference. I want you to, to believe me. And uh, y'all, can you sing that like super soft? You know, so, you know, they're soft and then they're super soft. Okay, let's try that. Uh, here's what I want us to do. I want you to listen to me. I feel the Holy Ghost here. We're getting ready to go into a very interesting season of holidays. And I believe we need this moment. And I want you to come, if you can, if you don't fear fearful, I want you to find a place to stand where you feel like you're separated enough. And some, come on, just start making your way and, and get as close to the altar as you can because we're going to pray. We're going to ask God. We're going to believe God right now because you're going to express yourself to the Lord. And if you don't come, I want you to find a place where you feel good, where you could express yourself in the pew or the aisle or in the back or wherever you are. Hallelujah.